0: Lonely song, the song's for you. These teachings, these things that we've been talking about for five and a half years, eventually must be apprehended emotionally. But until our emotional center is purified enough to do that, what we've been doing is gathering the knowledge and storing it in our intellect. What that means is, in another way, in case you would like another way of looking at it, We're thinking about these ideas most of the time when we're thinking about them, when we're thinking about anything. If we're thinking about these ideas, we're thinking about the ideas. But we're not feeling much about them. We're not emotionally, we don't have a lot of emotional connection with them. The problem with the intellectual knowledge is how it is ordered internally for each individual. Each person has a filing system. And their filing system is like, well, if you look at my desk, you'll see that my filing system is not anything that most people can comprehend. (laughs) They look at it, they go, oh, my God, how can you find anything? But if you move something on the desk, then I know. So I can find things, but I find things because I remember where I put them, not because my filing system matches how you remember where you put things. What I'm saying is each person has their individual way that their mind works and files things. Now, they're general ideas. They're general things. But it's not all the Dewey Decimal System. You know, you look up at Jess's bookcase there and you can see that, on the whole, he's pretty neat. He's got things filed pretty neatly. So he can probably find things pretty easily. And someone else may not be able to. But someone else may not be able to, no matter how great their filing system is. So it doesn't really have that much to do with the system. It has more to do with what you think is important. The idea is that we intellectually order this information, this knowledge that we gather of these teachings, these esoteric ideas, we order this information internally in different ways. And no amount of intellectual knowledge can order these truths properly. If you go to the library and you don't understand the system that they have, and you go and look for a book... You could spend a long time trying to find it. Now, if you understand the system, you can go right to it. You go to the card file or to the computer, and you look up the book you want, and you see the number, and then you know exactly where to go to get that. Because you know exactly what blah, 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 dot, blah, blah, blah means. But if you don't do that, and you don't know, then you have to get help. You have to ask somebody for help. Now, some people think you should not ask a librarian for help. They're really not necessary that you can do everything all by yourself. And the truth is you can. There's no question about it. You could go through that library, and it may take you six weeks to find the book you want, but you could do it. Or you could ask for help and find the book in five minutes and then read the book for the next six weeks. The choice is yours. But a lot of people are, no, you can't have a librarian. No, it's just wrong to have a librarian. Librarians should all be done away with. They should be banned. There should be no librarians. Everybody should do it themselves. And that's fine. You know, if that's the way you want to do it, then do it that way. But if you want to use the librarian, use the librarian. If you happen to be on the team that wants to kill all librarians because you don't think that librarians should exist, well, then you might want to look at whose side you're playing on, whose side you're playing for. But no amount of intellectual knowledge can order these truths properly. They must be ordered emotionally because it's the emotional center that orders intellectual knowledge. You see, If the library is perfect and everything's exactly where it's supposed to be, but intellectually, you don't know how to use it, emotionally, you can reorder the library in a way that you can find what you're looking for. Like my desk. Emotionally, I can find what I'm looking for on my desk. Because what is of value to me is easily found. What is not of value to me is put in a less valuable place. That's the point. Morris Nichols said, when you are negative towards someone, all that you know about that person is turned in the opposite direction in comparison with what you know when you do not hate that person. I want you to notice two things. One thing is that he says when you are negative towards someone, and then he says when you do not hate that person. Understand this, please. If you are negative towards someone, you hate that person. There is no difference but I don't hate them I'm just annoyed but emotionally it is the exact same thing emotionally it is hatred those of you who did the vipassana tende know this from your own experience but there most people have not done that so they don't know and they have to be told and then they have to find out they have to observe it in themselves they have to actually see it in themselves I'm going to read to you a story from 2 Samuel, chapter 13. And there's some backstory to it, but I'll only read from 15 through 17 because it really tells the story. Let me just give a little bit of backstory. Absalom was one of King David's sons. Absalom had a daughter, and she was very beautiful. There was another of King David's sons who liked Absalom's daughter, and his name was Amnon, and the story goes that he couldn't figure out how to get with her, so this sly guy comes along and he says, well, what's wrong? The king's son should be happy, and he said, well, you know, I'm in love with Absalom's daughter. But she's a close relative, so I can't have her. And he said, well, here's what to do. Just pretend you're sick. When the king comes and asks what's wrong, when he comes to visit you, just tell him that you're sick and and you won't eat. The only thing you want is for this person to come, this woman to come, and make some food for you and feed it to you. And he said, okay. So he does that. So the king sends her. And she goes to his house and makes food for him. And he sends everybody out. He sends everybody out except her. And he says, well, bring it into the bedroom so that I can eat from your hand because I'm so sick. So she brings it into the bedroom. Well, he forces her. He rapes her. And he loved her so much that he, he was sick all the time about her. Then Amnon hated her with a very great hatred. For the hatred with which he hated her was greater than the love with which he had loved her. And Amnon said to her, get up, go away. But she said to him, no, because this wrong in sending me away is greater than the other that you have done to me. Yet he would not listen to her. Then he called his young man who attended him and said, now throw this woman out of my presence and lock the door behind her. This is what it's like to be negative. That's why when Morris Nichols says, when you are negative towards someone, when you do not hate that person, everything is different. If you don't observe yourself properly, You cannot possibly understand this in any meaningful way because you will not see how you do this. And if you can't see how you do this, the only thing you're going to be able to do is see how someone else does it. And if you can see how someone else does it and you can't see how you do it, the only thing that you can do is hate that person. You will become negative toward that person because you will lift yourself above that person. You will think you are better than that person and you will despise them and diminish them because you cannot see how you yourself do that. It's your emotional state that sorts and orders in one way or another esoteric truths and the knowledge you have of them. So you may have the knowledge of this esoteric truth. You may have the knowledge that, well, what you see in another person is really in you. What you hate in another person is really in you, but you just haven't acknowledged it yet. Well, that truth can be ordered if it's not ordered emotionally properly, It's useless, it's pointless. Then you end up hating everybody and you do it with impunity for the things that you yourself are doing and you just don't see it. The truth is like a tack and the emotional state is like the hammer that drives that tack. So they have little tack hammers that drive little tacks. Then they have big framing hammers that drive big nails. But you could use that on a tack too. So it's the power behind the idea is the emotional center. And that's why it's so important to have the emotional center purified and involved in this work. Because if you don't, this work is done in vain. It was Amnon's emotional state that caused him to do what he did. First, his emotional state was, oh, I love her. And he was so crazy in love with her, he couldn't eat. He was sick all the time. But then it was his emotional state that caused his love to turn to hate in a moment, in an instant. As soon as he got what he wanted, he didn't want it anymore. Now, this is an analogy of you. How many things do you have in storage that you couldn't wait to get? How many things have you sold to someone else that you couldn't wait to save up the money to have? Or you couldn't even wait to save up the money. You had to go in debt to get it. I think Pat was saying last night at dinner something about all of the things that we've said yes to. And now we're stuck with them. We have the responsibility for them. And... When we look at it and look at what it cost us to have it, we think, you know, I should have thought more about having it before I went out of my way to get it, because now I'm stuck with it. Now I have these responsibilities, these obligations that I have to fulfill. This is much the same thing. All negative emotions cause misunderstanding of both people and ideas. If you're negative, you cannot understand. You cannot understand another person that you're negative about, and you cannot understand the ideas about these esoteric truths. You cannot understand them. They arrange our knowledge improperly, just like Amnon's knowledge of this woman that he loved. When he loved her, his knowledge of her was one way. She was this wonderful, beautiful, desirable person. When he got negative about her, everything changed. Everything that was good about her was now bad about her. Every flaw became monumental. He made mountains out of molehills. One evil thought changes everything in you by stirring up a negative emotion. We don't know what it was. They don't tell us what the evil thought Amnon had about this woman. But they don't tell you what the evil thought was. But one evil thought is all it takes to stir up a negative emotion. And all negative emotions, and there are myriad shapes and varieties of negative emotions, immediately begin to scramble the order of truth in you. Instantly. It doesn't take any time at all. As soon as a negative emotion is introduced into you, the truth is automatically, right then, disordered. It's automatically scrambled. It's automatically changed. As you begin to taste this truth, you will see why we hammer so hard the practice of overcoming, separating from, and struggling against these insidious negative emotions. They look so innocuous. They look so harmless on the surface. Well, I just don't like that. I'd just rather not do that. I'd just rather not have that. Uh huh. But a negative emotion is a negative emotion. You must be ruthless with yourself about this, or all knowledge of truth that you gather will be undermined and turned upside down. And if your attitude is allowed to become negative about it, it will get worse and worse and worse until you turn negative toward the truth until you start to be a warrior against the truth, until you turn your aim exactly opposite of what it was. You aim at having this truth, like Amnon aimed at having this woman, and then he turned it around to the exact opposite. His aim then was to get her out, lock the door behind her. Wrong attitudes and bad emotions will utterly destroy esoteric ideas. If they're allowed to persist, they will turn them to complete and utter nonsense. You will end up ridiculing the very thing that you wanted to embrace. Once the ideas have been undermined, they are emotionally connected with aim. Since negative emotions hate the truth, your aim will be to drag all truth down. If you can observe yourself at all, you must be able to see that you have done this negative emotions can only survive in an environment of improperly arranged esoteric ideas. If the ideas inside of you are arranged improperly, negative emotions have a way in. But if they're arranged properly, it's like the tumblers on a lock. If all the tumblers are arranged properly, the lock locks. If the tumblers are not arranged properly, the lock won't lock. And so it's like that. You have to have these ideas arranged properly in order for negative ideas to be kept out. You don't have to be negative. This is a great esoteric truth, but it's one that we throw away. You have the right not to be negative, but it's a truth that we throw away. It's like, yeah, so what? Because you have to make some kind of effort not to be negative, but you don't have to make any effort to be negative. That comes automatically. It just sweeps over you like a hot wind, or it sweeps over you like a dust storm, Or it blows in like dirt. What happens is this creates falseness in the intellectual center. And gradually that falseness begins to seep into the emotional center. As soon as these ideas are not properly arranged in the intellectual center, you have falseness. And as soon as that falseness is there, eventually it's just a matter of time before falseness begins to seep into the emotional center, to your feeling part. And you'll start to feel negative. Because the only place that negative emotions can survive is in an environment of improperly arranged esoteric ideas. Let's put it another way. Let's say that you know that it's not good to kill other people. Let's say you know that intellectually. Let's say that you've got that all arranged. You've thought it through. You've looked at it. You've followed it down. And you are sure, you're certain, that it's not a good idea to kill other people. What are the chances of you getting angry and killing someone? Very slim. What about somebody who thinks, hey, if they deserve it, kill them. They get angry. What are the chances that they'll kill somebody? Because their intellectual center, because the ideas in their intellectual center are improperly arranged. Because they think that it's okay to kill, then their ideas of the truth are improperly arranged. So a negative emotion can come in and make them do something. All negative emotions are false but they have a tremendous power over those who are not currently negative. We talked about this a little bit yesterday. One person, one person can come into a room negative, and everyone else in the room not be negative. And that one person, because they're negative emotionally, in their, either in their feeling part or in their thinking part, either way, if they're negative in their feeling part, you'll feel it. If they're negative in their thinking part, you'll hear it. And what that will do is that will stir up. So when a negative person comes into a room, they act like a strong wind that whips the fires of negative emotions into a firestorm devouring everything in its path. It will eat up everything. Once you allow negativity to start, it is like a wildfire with a hard, heavy, blowing wind behind it. A steady wind behind it. Pardon? Uh, like atomic fuel. Well, the thing is, is that we are, when we don't have these ideas arranged properly, We are like tinder. We are like dry wood in that fire. We think that we can resist it, but we don't and we can't. When one is negative in his emotional part, he will be negative in his thinking part. When we are negative in both parts, as I've said, we are closer to insanity than at any other time. Our entire psychology is wrongly ordered and there is no firm footing from which we may grow develop, transform, or worst of all, get help. Once you are negative in your emotional part, in your feeling part, and in your thinking part, it makes it impossible for you to get help. You've got to somehow arrange some of these ideas to drive out some of the negativity. First, out of the intellectual part, and then, eventually, out of the emotional part. Then you can get help. But until then, there is no help. You're on fire. And if you've ever seen anyone on fire... It is an ugly sight. You try to help them, but you can't without catching fire yourself. You tell them to drop and roll, but they're on fire. And their mind isn't working right. Their intellectual center, their thinking part isn't working properly. The ideas are not properly ordered. Now, someone who has their ideas properly ordered about being on fire instantly drops and rolls. Someone who's well-trained, they drop and roll. Someone else, they run around screaming like an insane person because they are literally an insane person. I know that's a horrible example, but if you had any idea what negative emotions were like, you would understand that that horrible example is closer to the truth than any other example I could come up with. It's like a Rubik's Cube. You ever seen those? I'm sure you have, the Rubik's Cube. There's a way to order them so that all the sides match up with the same color. The truth must also be properly ordered internally to make sense to us and to maintain its efficacy. What good is the truth if it has no use? What good is the truth if you can't apply it, if you can't use it in your life to bring goodness into your life? What good is the truth if it does not manifest goodness in your life? It's not properly ordered, and if it's not properly ordered, it's not the truth. You can have all the truth you want but if you've got it arranged improperly, it's like the Rubik's Cube. You can have the Rubik's Cube, but if you've got all the sides all mixed up and all the colors all mixed up, you can't see how it's supposed to be. You can imagine maybe how it's supposed to be, but can you make it that way? Can you take that thing and turn it around in all the different ways to make it how it's supposed to be? Can you arrange it? It takes effort. Have you, if you've ever worked with one, it takes effort. I was taken to a place for dessert one time in St. Paul, Minnesota, after dinner, and there was a guy in there sitting at the bar with a Rubik's Cube, and he was trying to do the cube thing. And he was do you know how to do this? And I said, no, I don't know anything about those. Oh, I've been trying to. Interestingly enough, we ended up talking about the fourth way in Gurdjieff, which I thought was kind of funny. I was with a couple, and the wife said, what are the chances of that? coming into walking into the place and having somebody strike up a conversation with you about Gurdjieff and and the work and I said Psh, I don't know and the husband who was not inclined to let's put it this way his ideas of the truth were not properly ordered he said well that would happen anywhere I've been to a lot of places and it just hasn't happened anywhere in fact it's like one in a million chances one in a thousand it doesn't just happen anywhere Anyway, that's what happens when the truth is improperly ordered in you. You can't see what's plain to see when the truth is properly ordered in you. We've got to learn to observe our intellectual part separately from our emotional part. When you do, you'll notice how easy it is for you to become unhappy, angry, sullen, depressed, all of the other negative emotions that you have. You'll see how easy it is to do it. The thinking part says, what's the point? Nothing ever works out the way we wish it to. This excites all the negative eyes that jump on the bandwagon, and they live to produce negative emotions in the emotional center. That's what they're for. They love it. They just stir it up. Oh, let's make soup. (laughs) So all the soup eyes get together with their paddles, and they start stirring the pot of negative emotions. It works both ways. If you enter a room and someone doesn't say hello or acknowledge you, and you allow a negative emotion to take over, you feel slighted, And then you begin thinking, what's the point? No one ever understands me. Nobody likes me. It doesn't matter what I do. People don't understand me and they don't like me. So if you can look at the thinking part of you separately from the feeling part of you, from the emotional part of you, you'll see how these two things connect. And if you can see how they connect, you can stop them. Or at least slow them down. Morris Nichols said, the negative part of emotional center should be behind bars like a pack of wolfhounds, open one door and the whole pack comes out before you know where you are. (laughs) If you've observed yourself at all, you know this to be true. And once that pack of wolfhounds is out, they just do damage and then they breed. (laughs) They start breeding. And then they start having puppies. And then the puppies are negative. And it goes on and on. And those puppies have puppies. And generation after generation, and it goes on and on and on. And the longer you allow them to run wild, the worse they get, the more feral they get, the hungrier they get, and the more they breed, the more they multiply. Getting negative in your emotional part is like pouring lemon juice in milk. Have you ever poured lemon juice in milk? What happens is it curdles. The milk curdles. It will curdle... The truth in your thinking part. Let's think about this. I had this picture, so I want you to have this picture too. I want you to think of the curdled milk. What actually happens? Instead of the ideas being smoothly ordered, they'll be separated and lumpy. Mm-hmm. With no continuity of the ideas, they become useless and worse. If they're not smoothly connected together, it's like a Rubik's Cube that's all screwed around and turned around so that this color's here and this color's there. None of it makes any sense. You look at it and it's, where do I start? And this work gives you a place to start. I looked online because I was going to use this example of a Rubik's Cube, so I looked online. They have videos now of how to do it where people teach other people how to do it. They have different methods. There's this method and that method and somebody else's method. And they show you how to do it. I didn't watch any of the videos. I don't have a Rubik's Cube. I hate those things. (laughs) It's bad enough I am a Rubik's Cube. It's bad enough we all are. It's bad enough. We've all got to work on ourselves to get this properly ordered. Work on yourself. That's my recommendation. Forget the Rubik's Cube. Work on yourself. No offense to Rubik's Cubes in case someone wants to write or sue me or whatever. (laughs) I'm not bagging on Rubik's Cubes. It's fine. I'm talking about esoteric things, and I'm using that as an example. So... With no continuity of the ideas, they become useless and worse. How do they become worse? Well, in the same way that Amnon, when his ideas turned, when his emotional center turned, the idea was then, instead of to love her and take care of her, was to throw her out and lock the door behind her. That's how it can be worse. Negative emotions are evil. Let me just say it outright. Negative emotions are evil. I don't care if you have big negative emotions or little tiny itty-bitty harmless negative emotions. They are evil. Negative emotions are evil. Did I say that enough? No good can grow out of them any more than you can grow grass in a vat of chlorine or in a vat of sulfuric acid. It won't happen. They will hinder you at every turn in your pursuit of truth and, more importantly, in your pursuit of goodness. Because if you're just looking for the truth and not what it leads to, that in and of itself is pointless. The truth must lead to goodness. If it does not manifest goodness in your life, in your heart, in your mind, in your thinking part and in your feeling part, and in your moving part, if it does not manifest goodness, it is pointless, useless, it will only manifest pride and vanity. That's all it will manifest, pride and vanity. It will either manifest goodness or it will manifest pride and vanity. And what will determine the outcome is how it is ordered inside of you. These esoteric ideas are an organism, they're a living organism. If properly ordered, they give you access to that within you that wishes to help you develop. Yes, there is something in you that wants you to develop and wants is waiting in the wings to help you, to just get you in, so that you can get yourself in the right place where you can receive that help. If you're trying to reach conscious love and you don't notice that you're full of negative emotions, all of your work is going to be absolutely in vain. It will not go anywhere. You must see first that you are full of negative emotions. Not that someone else is, but that you are. The negative emotions will connect the ideas improperly in you and will turn you against the very thing you started off to attain. You'll end up like Amnon, hating what you loved. Please remember one thing, if you remember nothing else about this. Remember that you have the right not to be negative, but it's a right you must exercise. And it takes effort to exercise that right. And there is a way to do it. And we have been teaching you for five and a half years the way to do it. Now you have to do it.